Quiet, numbskulls. I'm broadcasting. Hello, and welcome to the podcast, So There I Was, which is how all great aviation tales begin. This is episode 56, titled, Beware the Duck. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, God. All I can tell you people right now, just just pull over. Don't even try and drive while listening to this show. This was Your one own of safety. Those, oh my gosh. One of those episodes that uh like uh, the Gunny Go episode where in the first 10 minutes I felt like I'd done 100 crunches. I I, right. I laughed so hard. Yep. Another Almost one. all the way through the damn thing. Another one right out of the gate at uh I don't know 100 and 110 knots whatever an H34 could do. Right. Yeah, it, it it's yeah. A, so, so there I was and then it then he fired off, man. Yeah. Holy cow. So Gunny is a former H34 pilot in Vietnam and Man, he's a man's man, a Marine's Marine, and he was a lot of fun. He came out shooting, and he hit his target every time <laughs> he pulled the trigger. That's all I can tell you. <laughs> yeah, such what great a, stories. What oh great stuff, and what a great uh, what a great honor to sit with a man who uh, who sacrificed so much to become uh, a servant to his country. And we appreciate uh, appreciate your service, Gunny. And, and this is going to be two shows, so we recorded almost two hours. We're going to break it up into two shows, so you'll hear a weird break. Probably I'll do the best I can to make it smooth, but there will be a break in the middle, and then we'll move on to the the following week uh, and go from there. But we've got a new sponsor this week, Fig. This is really cool. Um, It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. So we've got uh, HelloFresh on board, making sure that the show gets out to everybody here this week. So if you want to go to HelloFresh.com slash so there I was 16 and use the code so there I was 16. That's so there I was one six for 16 free meals and free shipping. Okay. That's huge. Ameri- huge. Yeah. America's number one meal kit. If you haven't tried HelloFresh, you'll love it. We'll talk a little bit more about it during the show, but man, we are grateful to have them on board. And if you want to be one of the cool kids, run on over to the so there I was dot us slash Patreon and sign up to help support us. Help get this show out to everybody every week. If this show this isn't worth a, a buck, story. man, I don't know what is. So let's just get out of the way, huh? Night. Let's do it. All right. Here comes the gunny. Don't let go of the collective. Don't let go. On the tanker, through the weather. Oh, and to the uh, tanker crew who uh, did that. Thanks a lot. We really appreciated that. I'm just kidding. No, I'm not. There I was crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fun. So there I was, turning off the 90 to come into a small zone somewhere near Nui Laxon. 3-7 had taken some wounded because they're taking fire from a tree line that was dead ahead of us. And as I'm starting to flare, all of a sudden it's kabooey, kabooey, kabooey. There's big explosions going on right along the tree line. And the grunt, the 1-4, says, Clip club, get the hell out of here. Get the hell out. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that shit before. And I start to pull off and I go off to the left. And then this voice comes in and it's the Huey that's riding on my wing. And he says, that's my fucking rockets, you moron. (laughs) (laughs) And that is how all great aviation tales begin. Holy cow. (laughs) We came out of the gate at 155,000 knots that time. Welcome. This is Fig, and well, that's how all great aviation stories begin. They do indeed. Where's my co-horse today? 
Your co-host repeat here coming to you from New Hampshire. And we have a special guest with us tonight. He was actually brought to my attention by one of our listeners, Jarrett Burke, owner of Lou's Restaurant in Hanover, New Hampshire, wrote to me. That's a restaurant that was founded by a Marine back after World War II, been in business ever since. Jared is a former 53 driver, I believe, CH-53 driver yep. from the Marine Corps, went back to New England and took over the restaurant. So it's still owned by a Marine to this day. So if you're in the Hanover, New Hampshire area, give Jared at uh, Lou's Restaurant in Hanover a shout out. And he brought to my attention, he says, every f- first Friday of every month, they have a special get-together breakfast at 07. And he says, you got to chat with this guy. His name is Rusty Sachs. AKA Gunny. So we have with us tonight Gunny Sachs, who flew H 34s and CH 46s in the Marine Corps. And never, in spite of never that, touched a bite your oh, tongue. Fixed oh, it. he told me you said <laughs> never, I could never have he said 46. <laughs> so just 34s. All right. Yep. All right. Okay. So well, geez, sounds hey, good. You, slow down, repeat. So anyway, we have with us in our presence tonight a great Marine, a great American. Thank you, Gunny, for joining us. Yes. Well, pleasure, thank you. Pleasure to be here, gentlemen. I've been looking forward to this. I yeah. don't know what I have to say that it'd be worth listening to, but uh, I love to talk. I was trained as a lawyer after I got out of the crotch, and uh, <laughs> I, I can I can talk without even thinking. That's, that's, that's saying as, as most lawyers do. Hey, you know what they say about lawyers, right? Ninety nine percent of them ruin it for the rest. So <laughs> that's right. That's right. But you know, uh, they bury lawyers at least eight feet below the surface. Because deep down, they're really good people. <laughs> deep down. <laughs> <laughs> Not just six feet, baby. Got to go deep. Oh, awesome. Well, that's that's awesome. And uh, uh, before I forget, uh, you had some crossover time in your uh, squadron that you flew H-34s in Vietnam with one of our other guests. Is that correct? Yeah, Spicer. I didn't Spicer. fly. He joined just after I'd come home. Okay. Um, okay. And it wasn't until... Uh, because of the inspiration that I felt from listening to episode 53 or whatever it was uh, of So There I Was, that I said, that, that name's familiar. I think I'm going to order his book. And I ordered his book and bigger and shit. He's in 362, just like me. <laughs> he, he was one of the add-ons. Okay. I, uh, I was not in the original squadron that went over overseas on a ship. Okay. Um, okay. But I was I was in that first wave of replacement pilots. I went over in '66. The squadron had gone over in '65. That's 1965, <laughs> right? Which 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 was a pretty damn good year for uh, for my per- for personal reasons for me. That's all I'm saying. Oh, really? Your parents uh-huh. both regretted it, though, right? Yes. Yes, they <laughs> still <did>. do. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Oh, man, we're having more fun than we should be allowed to have. What can you say? This 1966. Awesome. Uh, well, let's back up. Uh, yeah. W- when did you when did you get in the Marine Corps there, Gunny? I enlisted on Bastille Day in 1964. July 14th. Yeah, very good. He, yeah. he paid attention in history yeah. class. It was um, also my it was also my anniversary. So <laughs> I have to know it, it. was. <laughs> um, yeah. July 14th in September. I reported to Pepsi-Cola, Florida for flight training as a Marine Aviation Cadet. Marcad. A Marcad. And uh and the rest is history. I mean, there we we talk about these uh these people like Jared Burke who uh, who attended uh 
the uh, the Pensacola of the sea um, uh-huh. school in, school in Annapolis. But they're those of us who are trained and and got our commission got our commissions in Pensacola, in Pensacola. by Marine Corps staff NCOs. <laughs> Who trained by us. Marine Corps staff NCOs <laughs> who hated the place. They couldn't say, say all you've got to do is teach drill. But did you know in <laughs> Alabama, in the state of Alabama, if you check into a motel and you say you're married, you're a man and wife, you are. She can inherit from you. And, <laughs> oh, shit. and that is, that is, or at least it was in 1964, uh, 65, maybe. It, that, that created a common law marriage. Wow. 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 Sounds Look like that, uh, someone found out the hard way, you know, <laughs> somebody did. Yeah. I, so was... I can't remember that guy's name. He was a, he was a Sergeant E5. He was one of okay. the, one of the drill instructors in Pensacola. Good guy. So what was the um, Marquette program about? How'd you get into that? Um, the, I know the um, NAFCAD program have, needed uh, two years. Eyes like a hawk. Yeah. You had to have, uh, the, either two years of college at an accredited school or the equivalent of two years of college. Um, I had one and a half years of, of Harvard. They said, shit, that's more than enough. <laughs> I said, I did get kicked out. They said, don't worry. Don't worry. You only, as long as you had that two year equivalent. Um, and uh, so they, they picked me up from Marquette and, uh, okay. and it went through flight training and it was, uh, except for the fact that we didn't have turbines in those days. Right, uh, yeah, the H thirty four was a piston same. piston engine, right? It was it single engine or twin when you got there? The T thirty four was was a single engine piston about right. a, yeah, you flew the two Bravo, and a quarter, two hundred and fifty horse. It was an opposed six or eight cell, six cylinder probably. Yeah. Made by Beechcraft. That was the the squadron where you go to see if you're gonna puke too much or and if you really want to do it. And right, you right. you learn some transition into it. You learn some procedures, do some basic acrobatics. Unless you're terrible at it, then you move forward. We we got sent out to Whiting Field. Well, there there was a there was a a, a screening process at the end of uh, VT one, which okay. was located at Softly Field, west of Pensacola. Right. If you met a certain grade point, uh level you were allowed to go jets if there were slots for jets that particular week however vietnam was starting and jet pilots aren't all that necessary um and helicopter pilots are so (laughs) although i qualified i said i don't even want to go i don't want to fly jets i want to fly helicopters and the guy who was one slot behind me Yes. Just loved my ass. Right. <laughs> this is a reoccurring theme. No matter yeah. what. Yeah. Of, uh, uh, he was the guy who gave me the nickname Gunny, by the way. Spice oh, no. had kind of the same experience. But he'd been a grunt in Vietnam and saw the yeah. helicopter pilots up close and personal and said, I want to do that. So yeah, that's, he, that's he'd, pretty cool. He'd been a, a, a Lance Corporal and a Corporal in Vietnam. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Um, right. As, as an 0311 trigger squeezer. That's right. And, and then he came and then he said, I want more. Yeah. I want more of this. What so, uh, <laughs> so I went, I went through the flew the T 28, which is a big radial engine, mm-hmm. you know, a couple thousand horsepower, nine cylinder radial, same engine that was in the T three in the H 34. Okay. So went through all my BI and RI and stuff in the T 28. Formation nav. Don't want to bore people too much with the training syllabus, but yeah, 
Um, then came back to Mainside for Advanced RI. Um, Radio Instruments. Which was just wonderful because until about two weeks before I got there, they'd been flying the SNB, the Twin Beach. Okay. But now they're flying the T-28. And these instructors hadn't flown T-28s, if ever, for at least two or three years. And if you're really getting behind the aircraft on a maneuver, all you had to do was say, sir, I don't know what your instruments in the front seat are saying, but mine are looking kind of hazy here, and I can't really concentrate. I want to go straight and level and open the, the cow flaps for a little while. Oh, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. You want to? They, they, they'd go there for that, and you get a break. You get to start all over. Then after getting through that, which was a couple of months maybe, then they sent us out to Ellison Field, where the helicopters were. Okay. And we flew H-34s. Now, when Spice was going through, they flew the Bells for 15 hours, maybe. Oof. Marines were not flying the Bells when it was going through. We went straight into the H-34s, which was great by me. I loved it. Ellison Field was a wonderful place to be because my best friend growing up was a guy named No Names, right? You only call signs. Uh, well, his, his yeah, is, unless you, unless is, you're not going to get him fired. That No Name policy is basically so that if someone's at a company right now and they did something stupid. <laughs> we don't need to tell everybody about it. So <laughs> I, that's mostly the kind of people I hang out with. <laughs> well, you're talking yeah. to fig and repeat here. So <laughs> yeah. you just call him palm. He was the only, his father got killed at Guadalcanal. Oh, wow. Okay. His mother, uh, n mother never remarried. Well, it turns out his father was the flight surgeon for the black sheep. Oh, I'll be damned. And it turns out his father was a classmate in med school with my father, and they were friends. And we never found this out until Palm and I had been best friends for like four or five years. How is that possible? No kidding. The marine aviation is a small damn oh, field. Boy, yes, you know is. that. And Palm's parents had gotten married at Ellison Field in 1942. Okay. I got married in Ellison Field in 1968. Oh, we darn. Uh -huh. And uh, life is rich. So get your wings. There were a couple of us who got uh, got our wings the same day. They were they were commissioning guys and giving them their wings on Tuesdays and Fridays. I mean, that we were getting pumped through really fast. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, it sounds like it was more than one a week. Wow. So two, and, two days uh, a week, every yeah, week. Two, two wow. days a week. Actually, I would have gotten mine on Friday, but... My instructor had a cold or something. So they said, well, we'll just do it Monday. You can get your wings on Tuesday. <laughs> so on Friday, I went to watch my friend, tall redhead, get his wings. And then there was this tradition. After you got your wings, you went to the club and you'd, you would drink an overboost. Now, you don't know what an overboost <laughs> is in any way, shape, or form. You it fly, sounds you, dangerous. You fly fixed wing <laughs> with turbine engines. An overboost <laughs> is what happens when you when you give too much power to uh, an aircraft engine at too low an RPM. It can beat the shit out of the out of the engine. So we had this drink where you take a milkshake can. Remember those things that they made milkshakes out of? Oh yeah. Back when yeah. they had there were real milkshakes and they had ice cream in them instead of all this powdered stuff. Anyway, yeah, right. Guy at the club goes down, gives it a squirt of everything you can imagine, oh. fills it up with soda oh, water, boy. drops your wings in it, and hands it to you, and you got to chug it. 
and you chug it and you chug it and you come with your wings and your teeth. Nice. So tall redhead's doing this. All right. Da, 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 da. And he brings it down. And he, oh, whoa, did, whoa. And they said, where are your wings? Go. <laughs> I think I swallowed them. Oh, shit. <laughs> and he said, yeah, I'm pretty sure I swallowed them. I said, well, what the hell? Let's, let's go. Uh, Let's go get some chow. And we had agreed that we were going to go to Mustin to over at Mainside and get a steak. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. The Mustin Beach Oak Club. Yeah, still there today. Indeed. So we went over there and <laughs> before they bring us our meal, he says, I, I, I'm, I'm too drunk. I can't eat. I can't eat. And I'm worried about these. I say, okay, why don't we just go up to the, the Naval Hospital Mainside and have them take a look at you? He says, yeah, I think that'd probably be good. And uh, so he goes up and he uh, tells him what's happened. Now he's checked out already. You know, he got his wings this morning. Mm -hmm. He's supposed to be at New River on Monday. So he has he has his SRB or his yeah. service record, OQR, officer qualification. Yeah, is uh, OQR is OQR and his medical records. So we go up there. We go into the emergency room and. Uh, Say, I think this this officer just swallowed his wings. Say what? <laughs> no, well, there's this thing you do, and you swallow, <laughs> and he thinks that we better get an AP and a lateral and get some X-rays and stuff, and take this X-ray. I'm bigger. And you know, shit. they've seen it all at, at that hospital too. You know, with crazy oh, aviators yeah, running sure. around. But, <laughs> but that's that's um, they come back with the X-ray. And it's this 11 by 17 extra back when they were, they actually did them with film, you know? Yeah. And yeah, uh, yeah, yeah, he's there and here he is. You can see his chest and a little higher than they ought to be. And at about uh 135 degrees angle of bank, but perfectly silhouetted <laughs> our Naval aviators. Wings. <laughs> said, yeah. So what am I going to do? How do we get them out? You're going to have to, do surgery? I said, no, you're probably just going to pass them out. Eat a lot of bread. You'll pass them. And that's going to feel just so check good. Your stools. <laughs> so he says, yes, sir, I will. Um, and and the, the corpsman is starting to put stuff away. I say, no, 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 no. Doc, you, get, you can't do that. This gentleman is already checked out. He has to check in. A new, that's part of his medical record. You got to give that here. He said, oh, yeah, I guess that's right. Yeah. So he hands us the x-ray. The X-ray goes in the back of my car. Everything else goes up to. Uh, Goni, tell me you've got that framed in your office to this I day. I wish I could. But when I got <laughs> that back is from fantastic. Vietnam and I was checking in to the Ellison Field Officers, BOQ, uh -huh. Officers Club, is it's sort of like the, the, the cry yeah. and shame. Yeah. The, the, the club yeah. was in the, in the uh, BOQ framed yeah. behind the main desk. Is red redheads <laughs> X-ray with with the X-ray that I purloined, and it's there, and there's a brass plaque underneath it that reads, and I recite it accurately: "His rings of gold he wears with pride, not on his chest, but deep inside." Second Lieutenant <laughs> B. A. Tall Redhead, date. Of uh, March of something in oh, 1966. That is fantastic. Um, 
But deep inside, that's a show title there, man. But yeah. deep inside. Now, I don't <laughs> They closed down Ellison Field. They sold it or rented it to the city, and it's now an industrial park. I don't know what happened to that x-ray, but somebody ought where, to have it. It ought to be busy. Yeah, yeah, right? Right. Jeez. If anyone knows where that x-ray is, get us at least a, get yeah, us a picture absolutely. of it. Yeah, we're looking, we're looking to the right for if, if he listens it. in on this. And I've lost touch with him. He might know. And he uh, he would have standing to demand it. It's part of his medical record. For right. not so, sure. so then yeah, he joined the squadron overseas eight months <laughs> later. And I said, whatever happened to the wings? He said, I don't know. I think I, no, uh, that's wrong. He joined the squadron, the same squadron at 365 at New River. Okay. And I said, he said, I, I, I guess I passed. I said, you weren't checking your stools diligently? I said, fuck no. Right. <laughs> it's, uh, I guess they just came out because they ain't there anymore. I was thinking that'd be another show title too. Just check right. your stools. <laughs> yeah. There's a note here. I have uh, just check your tools, but deep inside. Is that the, are we talking about the same? Just check your stools. Yes. Okay. Yes. I love that. You awesome. just read it wrong. Yeah. yeah. Um, I did. Yeah. Okay. All that right. Was, uh, crowded, so. crowded bunker. Crowded bunker during a mortar attack in Dong I sent this one into, not the Gazette, to Leatherneck a couple of years ago. They, okay. they printed it only because I, I, I right. write so masterfully. We're at Dong Ha. <laughs> yeah, but he's and, humble. Uh, and I got a lot to be humble about. Um, there you go. <laughs> so we're at Dong Ha, and they're sending in the evening rockets. And they usually do it. Just about the time you're getting to sleep and everybody's assholes and elbows getting tumbling out of the tents and into the bunkers and all that. And the Greek from Niagara Falls, we'll call him since I don't know a call sign. And I, I think he became a cop falls. He trips over a tent peg or something. And he's lying there and he can't get up. And the mortars are coming in and he says, Hey guys, for so give, I'm right here. I'm a, I can't get up. Give me a, give me a hand. Will somebody give me a hand? Come on, give me a hand. And Roger Zelinsky, bless his soul, comes out, stands up in the mouth of the bunker. Yay, Dick! Yay! <laughs> give him a hand. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there were some, there were, there were some fun events. He got in. He didn't get hurt. Ran into him years later. He was some kind of a cop, but I think he was sort of not letting on what he was doing. He's a good okay, guy. Okay. All right. He was in my wedding, too. Actually. All right. Yeah. Nice. Oh, uh, man. Uh, I need to catch my breath here. Oh I know. I've, I've, I, feel like awesome? I've already, I feel like I've already done about 50 crunches. Uh, okay, Gunny. Uh, alphabet. No. Uh, 11. What's this? 11.2. 11.2306 with a bewildered fact. Yeah, that was actually a bewildered I, fact. Part of that I I I did in the intro. I was flying, I was flying as, as FO uh with a guy named Fang, a good guy in the squadron, one of the one of the best pilots I ever flew with. The guy really, really was wonderful. We flew. I meant to get my logbook and bring it over here, but I was so busy with the screwed up technology that I completely forgot. But I think we flew 6.8 before the aircraft got shot out from under us and we had to abandon it, get a ride back to home base, get another aircraft, and then continue the mission. We'd we'd had a whole bunch of it was daylight and there were a whole bunch of 
routine or, or maybe priority medevacs. Those are the ones you do in daylight. You, you, at, at night, you'll only, you'll only launch for an emergency medevac. If, if it's, if okay. it's routine, you don't, you don't, it's just too dangerous to go out there. On the second aircraft, and I think we flew 4.4. And if you add those up, get your calculator. And I think it was to 11 point. We flew 11.2 hours of, uh, 3R6, which is, which is medical evacuation and uh, insertion and evacuation from a combat zone. Okay. Oh, God. That was I, the code. Think- but we're coming in and all of a sudden there's this bam, 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 bam. Right on the tree line where they're taking the fire from. And the guy says, get the hell out. I don't know what that is. So the U.E. says, that's my rocket, son. <laughs> so we, have, we end up doing a full 360 to keep going the same way. And we get in and we pull the Oh, jeez. That, uh, <laughs> that was a good day. That is too funny. Oh, my goodness. And at 11.2 hours, it's a wonder you didn't shake all the fillings out of your teeth. Oh, my gosh, right? <laughs> 11 to 11.2 hours in a uh, in a comfortable wide body jet is exhausting. Um, that's right. Yeah. And, uh, I can imagine in an H34 you are just hammered dog we, uh, squeeze. <laughs> I uh I hate to think what it would be like 11.2 in one of those lawn darts that you guys flew. Cuz you you only had an endurance yeah, well, of 1.5, right? About, yeah. yeah. And that's it, it depended if we had drop tanks we could go 3 hours, but oh. uh Oh, Gunny, I flew, uh, I flew an airplane back from an exercise we did in Norway, you know, into 200 knot headwinds and it was 11 and a half hours. How many refueling? Yeah, tanking all the way. It was just horrible. I couldn't walk right for a week. How many drinks did you have to take on the way back? I have no idea. It was constant. You know, it was constant aerial refueling. Let's talk about some of the people who bring us this show every week. In the hustle and bustle of modern life, finding the time and energy to cook a delicious and nutritious home-cooked meal can be a challenge. Enter HelloFresh, a game-changer in the culinary scene that I've had the pleasure of trying. My wife loves it because they do all the meal planning and the shopping for the correct ingredients and provide ready-to-prepare meals right to your door. Now, two nights a week, we eat a great home-cooked meal without the hassle of planning and preparing a menu and shopping for the exact ingredients. One of the first things that struck me about HelloFresh is the incredible variety of food choices available. The options span multiple cuisines, dietary preferences, and creativity levels, making every mealtime an exciting culinary adventure. Whether you're craving Italian pasta, Asian stir-fry, or a classic American burger, there's a good chance you'll find it on their menu. And with their commitment to high-quality ingredients, you can be confident that you're refueling your body with the best. When it comes to preparation, HelloFresh truly shines. Each meal kit arrives with pre-portioned ingredients, eliminating the need for measuring and reducing waste. This also means less time spent preparing and more time savoring the delicious results. Furthermore, each kit provides suggestions for adjusting the flavors to your taste, empowering you to personalize each dish. But what truly sets HelloFresh apart is the easy-to-follow recipe cards. Detailed yet simple instructions transform cooking into a stress-free, enjoyable process accompanied by clear, step-by-step photos. These recipe cards make the cooking process almost foolproof. Yes, even I did it without a mistake. Regardless of your kitchen experience, these guides instill a sense of confidence that you're on the right track every step of the way. In essence, HelloFresh strikes a perfect balance between convenience and gourmet cooking. It brings the joy of preparing and consuming a wide range of delicious meals right into your kitchen 
with minimal fuss and maximum satisfaction. Whether you're a seasoned home cook looking for new inspirations or a busy professional wanting a quick yet wholesome meal, HelloFresh could be the fresh breath of culinary air you've been looking for. So what do you do now, you ask? Well, it's simple. To get the great deal, go to HelloFresh.com slash so there I was 16 and use the code so there I was 16 for 16 free meals plus free shipping. That's right, you heard right. 16 free meals by going to HelloFresh.com slash so there I was 16 and use code so there I was 16 for 16 free meals and free shipping. HelloFresh, America's number one meal kit. I went on R&R. Or maybe, I, no, I'd be sent to a school in the Philippines. And they said, well, get there however well you want, which was sort of a way of saying, you can take your time getting there and take your time getting home. So uh, <laughs> I signed on a special crew on C-141. You know what that is? It's yeah. sort of like Hillsborough County with wings. It's enormous. Yeah. <laughs> it's enormous. So the guy says, well, come up, sit in the, sit in the jump seat. I'm looking around. I don't even recognize any of the gauges. We get up and we get leveled off at flight level 690 or some goddamn place way up there. And the guy says, oh, what do you think? And I'm too dumb to come up with an intelligent question. So I say, gee, what's, what's your max gross of this aircraft? I and mean, this is pretty big compared to what I fly. And he says, and the numbers right. might be a little off, 368,000 pounds. I said, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I can't imagine anything taken off weighing that much. And he looks at me as if I'm the dumbest shit imaginable. And he said, we can't take off weighing that much. That's our max gross. Said, Wait a minute. <laughs> You'll have to explain that to me. Why? What sense yeah, does it like, make to you have max gross that's different from your max takeoff weight? And he, and he can't believe how stupid I am. He says, we burn 2,000 pounds of fuel on our takeoff roll. Now, when I when I okay. fuel up an H thirty four, I take on eight hundred pounds of fuel. Right. Okay. Right. This is not this, right. This is it, just it, not it, right. No. Not, but it was right. It was yeah. fun. Didn't uh, uh, I? Didn't ask him to uh, to let me fly it, and he didn't offer. But <laughs> we got to the Philippines, okay, and then I got liberty. That was fun. And I went to a school, of course. I went to I went to school, and I learned important things about marine aviation. Now, this is this is while you were on your tour in, in Vietnam that this all went down, correct? Most of my life in the Marine Corps was in Vietnam. If uh, if I was in the okay. States, I was usually in a Navy base. <laughs> We'd take up all flight uh, training and then be an instructor when I got back. Okay. Okay. Alpha Alp Battery 112 Pet for, Snake. For Italian 12th Marines, you had a pet snake? T tell me it was poisonous. Um, <laughs> yeah, because if it wasn't poisonous. I don't poisonous, think it was I mean, poisonous. Um, it was uh, okay. <laughs> it was during the winter. It was probably it was during the cold rain of January and February of uh, sixty seven, and uh, okay. one one of the typical missions would be to uh, to get fragged to go out to uh, a, a field station, you know, within the wire at a either an artillery base or, or a regimental base. Um, and be on be on standby for whatever they need there. So we were we were out there with 12th Marines on standby, and some some Marines come in with with this really 
cold snake that that's lethargic and doesn't want to move because they're cold blooded, you know, you know, and and, <laughs> yes. and it's easy. So they say. <laughs> We got a new mascot, man. We've got a snake mascot, and this is a badass snake. I'm looking at look at that head. He's, 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 uh, where are we going to keep it? Oh <laughs> well, well they did, they yeah. they had so, so done some excavation work, so they will we'll just put him down in the pit. They're pretty steep sides; he won't be able to get out. And they put these signs around it saying, "Danger! Keep away! Twelfth Marines mascot." Beware of the snake. <laughs> and after a couple of days there, they just said, we're going to feed this snake. So they went into the ville oh, and yeah. they caught a couple of ducklings. Or I guess a, a duckling. And, and, okay. and they drop it at night. They drop it into the pit with the snake, figuring the snake will eat a duck. Especially if it's yeah. down there. Oh, oh it clipped yeah. its wing, too. Clipped its wing. Got a captive. Yeah, he's, he's got, got a captive, captive audience, captive, so to speak. Captive yeah. rats here. So <laughs> the next morning they come out. The snake wasn't hadn't yet at the duck yet. In fact, the duck had pecked the snake to death and got out there. <laughs> I was going to say, told me the duck kicked the snake. Just, ass. <laughs> the, the snake snake's head looks like fucking hamburger. <laughs> so, so everybody gets a good laugh and then don't screw with a pissed the, off the, duck the, it's the new mascot and says change those signs right now so they change yeah. the signs now the signs read 12th marines mascot beware of the duck <laughs> <laughs> oh that's, god that's great that oh, that's great. a new show title. Beware, Beware of the Duck. Of the duck. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. I like that as a show title, too. Killer Ducks. Beware, Beware of the, the Duck. Beware of the Duck. Killer, killer ducks. You got to watch out. Oh, my gosh. Thanks. Uh, engine failures at Site 8 Alpha. Okay, you remember Site 8 Alpha? No. You might have used it for an emergency landing field when you were at Softly. Site 8 Alpha, and there was oh, Summer okay. Hill and Silver Hill and Four Silo, all those okay, navigation yes. things around. around uh, okay. Site 8 Alpha was used uh, by HTA. We used that for all our normal approaches in teaching instruction. And I had a, a marginal student. I, I seem to get assigned a lot of marginal students. Well, if you're a marginal instructor, that, then, that, you know. Oh, by the way. <laughs> um, the... Uh, I, I I had this guy. I can, oh, I just got the middle finger salute for those not watching on video, I can, everybody. Uh, I, can, <laughs> I can still see the guy's face. I don't remember his name at all. I've introduced the normal approach. In an H-34 in the training command, a normal approach yeah. is a transition maneuver, but like getting on the downhand, downwind leg at 500 feet and 70 knots and terminating in a hover. So that's we're doing this, and he's flying into the first one. He's okay. The second one's okay. Nothing great. I said, give, give me a gun. Make it really good this time. What you? Okay. So he's coming downwind and st- reduces power, starts his turn, and it gets really quiet. And I say, okay, I got the aircraft. I take the aircraft and bring it in without benefit of power. Set the thing down, a little, little roll to the, to the landing. And we come to a stop. And he's and I'm and I'm checking things out, see if I can figure out anything more. And uh, he said, Captain, what 
what did I do wrong? I know I screwed up, but what did I do wrong? And it occurs to me, maybe he thinks I took the aircraft because he screwed something up. And I said, look at your gauges. Do you notice anything? <laughs> ah, the engine tachometer is busted. <laughs> Tech's not Tech's working. Not there working. You go. <laughs> I said, no, actually, I think it's working perfectly well. It just indicates that the engine is not rotating. It ain't working. <laughs> what do you think that might be? And his eyes just get so big. It's so big. He said, wow, did we have an engine fan here? I said, yeah. Yeah, and one of us noticed it. Yes, we did. <laughs> yeah, one of us did. That's <laughs> yes, that was a, a fun experience. I, I love telling about that one at the club. Well, yeah. So uh, I, I'm assuming you guys got a ride out of there and that airplane stayed there. That helicopter stayed there. Yeah, probably. Probably. We got, we just flag, flag one of them down and climb up the side. And say, he gives, gives a ride a home ride back when you're done. Just let us know when you're done with your hop <laughs> and, and then come over yeah. here and give us a ride back. Cause uh, this one ain't going anywhere for a while. That's too funny. Oh, the tax busted. <laughs> yeah, no, it's working just like it's supposed to, actually. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, if you had another guess, right? <laughs> yep. Uh, I got a note here that says, overloaded 34 goes into the water. That sounds painful. It does sound painful. I hope it wasn't you. When we were overseas, when we were during, during our 13-plus our, our months in, in Westpac, uh, there were three different occasions where 362 was fragged to go as a unit onto uh, onto a carrier, under an LPH, landing platform helicopter. Okay. Um, yep. Thank you. Thank you. Landing comma, platform comma, helicopter plot. <laughs> um, yeah. Military jargon. One day, uh, probably in May, April or May of 67, we had an airplane, lost its spatter. He'd, he'd gotten his Charlie signal, but he couldn't make it out, and he went right into the water. Everybody got out. Oh, geez. Wingman came down, pulled them up. They hardly had time to get wet. But the airplane went glub, 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 went down to the bottom, right <laughs> along with, you know that guy, Davy Jones, the sailor's talk about? Yeah, right down there. Oh, yeah. Yep. Yep. Oh, man. And I was on the flight deck at the time. This one guy starts running like hell up to the line shack where the yellow sheets were kept. There's a name for it. I forget what they call it. It's where they kept the yellow sheets. Oh, yeah, maintenance yeah, control. Maybe that was it. And he grabbed and he grabs the yellow sheets yeah. and he's writing things down. What the fuck are you doing? Every right. single piece of missing equipment in our squadron was on that. It was on that, was that helicopter. On that, airplane. <laughs> <laughs> that was pretty good. And then that was, yeah, about, that was probably in late 66 that had a ballot. Okay. Because supply offers were relentless. If you lost a cartridge belt or a canteen, you know, they tried to make you pay for it. And, and if it was lost in combat or an accident or something like that, you that's could get right. away with it. That's so, right. yeah, everything in the squadron that's missing, it was so on that airplane. Weirdest thing. <laughs> Six, eight, ten months later. The skipper gets a letter from headquarters Marine Corps, and there's nothing in it but one page of the Xeroxed yellow sheet with equipment on board. And in red magic marker, field desk, 80 pounds. Yes. Something, 32 pounds. Adds up, (laughs) adds them up, and it comes to like 6,400 pounds, which is way beyond the... 
and the and the comment, no wonder your goddamn airplane sank. <laughs> <laughs> and we found out later that the guy at headquarters who had found it and had sent it to the skipper had been in the squadron at the time that happened. And he just wanted <laughs> to jerk people around. That was good fun. That's well, beautiful. He ended up being on the... Uh, his name was Moody, and he ended up being on the transition team for uh, for the Osprey. And I don't remember whether he's oh, really? working for Boeing or whether he's working for the Marine Corps. But he and uh, and and the great great guy who was my instructor and became one of my closest friends, my instructor at Softly Field in VT One, one of my closest friends. I spoke at his funeral in New Jersey. His name is Greg McAdams. But Spice knew him because they all called him Stinky McNasty. Yes. And he talks about him in his book. Yeah. He mentions it in the book. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I have yet to meet Spicer, but we probably will sometime. That was uh, that was a fun one. Right. Okay. That's okay. <laughs> I, so now I feel like I've yeah. done 150 crunches. Yeah. And I, I think uh, you were telling right. me this, this right. one. We have a note about go. one one eye's first mission. Is this the uh, is this the one you were chatting about yesterday in the in the pre chat? Uh, one of your buds got hit no. in the face. No, okay. No, it, 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 that's one eye. That's yeah. one eye. But okay. this and, and and the one I was talking about yesterday that was his last mission. <laughs> okay. Um, well, at least his first um, wasn't his last. So his first mission was the squad. The squadron had been aboard ship for about three weeks. Okay. And we hated being aboard ship. Yeah. I mean, you didn't you didn't get awakened in the middle of the night by mortar fire, but everything was air conditioned, so everybody got colds because it's 110 degrees out. Right. And and then you come in and you're in air conditioning and you're shivering, and plus there are uh, the ship is is a is staffed by the the U.S. Navy. Right there, there's the draw. There's and the drawdown. Right. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know whether you've ever ever noticed this in in your years in the Marine Corps, gentlemen, but a lot of naval officers are are what we refer to as assholes. <laughs> we it, it was it was so bad. I flew night medevac all night one night. I, I launched like four times and got at least eight missions. We got shot at every single pickup. Came back. All I wanted to do was get some get a shower and get some sleep. I take a shower, put on a clean flight suit, and I go in to get some night rats in the wardroom ask them for some eggs and they sit down and, and some asshole Lieutenant commander comes up and says, Lieutenant, you're in the wardroom and you're wearing shower shoes. I said, yeah, I've been flying all night. I'm, I'm going back to hit the rack. You are in the wardroom with shower shoes. Whereupon I stand up and I say, Mr. Two and a half stripes, you might not have heard about it, but there's a war going on out there and I've been fighting it all night. And I just want to get some fucking sleep and I'm going to get some food in my belly first. <laughs> and he just goes apoplectic. So, so guess who gets invited to wear out some carpet in front of the skipper's desk? The oh, next sure. Day. He says, don't worry about it. Just go easy on these people. <laughs> okay. We had some good officers in our squadron. That was so. Yeah, can can I make an assumption? No, that's a sideline. Hey, hey that's it. Can I make an assumption that that uh, lieutenant commander that was dressing you down in the wardroom for wearing shower shoes was his shoes black by chance as he was he a non-aviator um, actually no she was right. a brown shoe he was oh an that just shoe. that just even pisses me off even more yeah, yeah. but but you know I'll, I'll give him a break because he was fixed wing <laughs> um, 
Okay, okay. He uh, both shot us both in the uh, face right there. He did. He didn't even, he didn't even say Fox We'll too. get to that. That was a, that was a gunshot um, right in the face. So, um, so we've been aboard ship for, for about three weeks, and we're, we're coming in. We've got the orders to go ashore in, in Kiha, Vietnam, which was um, adjacent to to um to chulai the chulai okay kiha was new river and chulai was cherry Point. okay think of it that right. way yeah so they're pretty close and the skipper says uh okay the following officers will be flying aircraft and the following officers will be flying aircraft back and forth just bringing all our gear i've been promised a three-day stand down no flying nothing going on within vietnam for three days we've got lots of time to get uh get assigned to our tents, get, uh, draw the equipment that we get from them. It'll be great. And tomorrow night, 1800, there will be an all hands muster at the club. I want every swinging dick to be there. You have no excuses for not being at the club. I want every man there and I want every man drinking because for the last three weeks, we couldn't drink anything, right? Because we were aboard Navy yeah. ships and no everyone knows there's no alcohol aboard Navy ships. Oh, absolutely no, no, absolutely not. <laughs> okay. So we get everything done and uh everything's moved ashore. 1800, we're at the club, and we complied with the skipper's orders. Nice. We were knee walking, slipping your own puke drunk, every single Marine in the squadron, including Ben, one eye who joined the squadron that day. He hadn't been aboard ship with us. He arrived from the States that morning, and they said, you're going to 362. He said, that's great. Where's 362? Ah, they're just coming ashore. Probably know some guys. Just go. They're up that way. That's where they're. So he's up at the, and he's, he's, this is a great war for me. And he gets there too. Nice. (laughs) We roll down, roll down the hill and we collapse. And somewhere between 0300 and 0400, T.O. Bong retired as a uh, bird colonel in the Wisconsin National Guard. Maybe he was Minnesota National Guard. Anyway, his first lieutenant, operations duty officer, <laughs> comes up white as a sheet. He said, you're not going to fucking believe this. We've got fragged for a mission tomorrow. We got a three-day stand on. You can't make us fly tomorrow. You gotta. We have a sixteen-plane launch. What for one mission? Oh boy! And we're joining with eight Hueys and sixteen forty-sixes. We have to go up to Fubai and pick up an Arvin battalion and insert them. And we, I can't fucking believe this. So nobody's sober. They, they, nobody's sober <laughs> now. Some guys. Are, are squawking about time for repeat's they, they favorite question snivel. what could possibly go wrong <laughs> what could possibly <laughs> Absolutely. go wrong <laughs> so we had this the wonderful flight surgeon named devoe i can't remember his first name still see his face uh, i'm definitely not a life okay he was writing out um downing chits <laughs> for guys and he couldn't even remember the guy i don't know right the lieutenant's name Call him Huey. <laughs> Huey, too drunk to fly. <laughs> uh, but we somehow get in the air. 16 H 34s. Oh my God. We were clip clop 1 1 through clip clop 1 16. 
the XO was flying 1-1. I was flying 1-1 FO because they always have to have somebody to keep this. Right. Yeah, somebody's got to watch. 1-1 <laughs> from crashing, right? right? Somebody's got to watch the scene. And, uh, and we're, besides, we're launching it when it, the sun isn't up yet. And half of the heavies in the squadron weren't allowed to fly at night. So we launched flying in in the, the left seat of 1-16 is one eye, Ben. First combat mission. Didn't even have a flight suit. Had to borrow a hard hat. And so we're <laughs> and now we're up there. 16 airplanes at 2,500 feet. Now, you probably don't have this in uh, in the lawn darts you guys flew, but normally, since it's a two-pilot aircraft, you alternate every other takeoff, every other landing. But when yeah. you have a two-and-a-half-hour flight to get to the pickup zone, yeah, you'll probably alternate flying, every right? half hour or so. We got 16 airplanes. We have 29 drunk pilots. <laughs> That's not true. We had 29 hungover pilots. We had three okay. who were still drunk. Yeah, yeah that's it. That so bad. so we, we we take turns. And Ben tells the story wonderfully because he tells it from 1-16 way in the back. He said you'd yeah, see these guys. You could up see everything transpire. Once in a while you'd see one go just sort of start uh, drifting where's off. Where's he going? That, hey, hey, get up. Oh, oh, they'd hey. forgotten who was flying and who was leaving. <laughs> We got up there, and as Ben has uh, said to me, God takes care of fuel, fools and drunks, and we qualified twice, every one of us. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> we got up there. Nobody got hurt. Nobody took any fire. It turned out to be a cold zone, and everything went just Joe to Ricky Tick. We, it was wonderful. That was his. Oh, thank the Lord. Well, that's a great story. So you guys were all uh, drunk and hung over and drugged, oh, yeah, yeah. drugged oh, over. Only three of them were drunk. <laughs> that, but, yeah, but that only happened in the old core. That doesn't happen. Yeah, anymore. Right. right. No, no, happened, no right? sir. No. no. Never happened. No. You know, I, I, I never heard once, if you don't stop puking by the hold short, this flight's a kink. Whoa. That's, Let's not so talk about that right now. Okay, that's... so repeat. I, I can figure kind of how you got your call sign. Because yeah. your call sign was prob probably dumbhead. And you checked into your squadron, and there was already somebody named Dumbhead. Well, it's, yeah, it, it was it, it was the commander. Close. Yeah, it was a squadron <laughs> commander at the reg, and uh, yeah, I was a hawk. I was a hawk missile officer before That's I was right. yeah. went to flight school. You'd been a, yeah. a pseudo grunt. So, yeah, yeah. I was the redheaded stepchild. I, I wasn't a grunt, and I wasn't an air winger. Nobody liked us in hawks. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's and and Fig. I I I, I could tell you what his name is from his call sign. Um, sure. Yeah. Yeah, and the best. It could have been a lot worse. None of us uh, had call signs, but I the fixed doing guys started having call signs before we did. And the best best one I've ever heard of was a guy. I have no idea what squadron or who, but apparently his his call sign was something. It was call sign. And on his first hop in a single seat A four, he ended up blowing the canopy at the whole short line. Oh, oops. Whoops. Um, he got a new call sign that day. And he was henceforth known as Pop Top. Pop. There you go. Yeah. You, but you actually, want. you might not even appreciate it. This is back when Pop Top beer cans were a brand new thing. Oh, oh yeah. We used to have to have, have to use again. one of those 
church keys to open beer cans. Right, right. All oh, right, yeah, yeah. A bottle pop flat yeah. thing on the one end, and then a triangular one that poke holes in the can with the other. Right, right. Uh, yeah. So one was a bottle opener, one was yeah. a can opener. P thirty eight was yeah. for sea rats. So you uh, sounds like you got shot at a couple times here. Did you get shot at when uh, you pulled the recon team out? <laughs> well, yeah, that happened. But there was uh, there was a recon team where uh, we were inserting them. Okay. And recon teams for for the for the grunts and fixed wing people who wouldn't understand um, either one half or the other half of this. A recon team was generally four Marines, uh, one of whom was carrying an M60 with bandoliers wrapped around him everywhere. The other other three were laden down with ammo and maybe one can of cigarettes. And they'd go for three days. So we we had some a, a team and and I go in and I drop them off. The way we drop them off was would be you'd go out and you'd make an approach and somebody would land in one place and then take off. And then land in another place and wait 30 seconds and take off. And just so that people from far away are watching, couldn't tell where you were inserting the team. Okay. So then we insert the team and they all jump off and we go off. And I'm still at full power. I, I was at present, probably wasn't at 200 feet AGL. And I hear, you know, a, a, a M16, three round burst, and then nothing else. And all of a sudden, I hear if if there's if there's bad shit going on, mm-hmm. they will they will just click the microphone, and then you say, "Do you want us to come back and get you?" And they'll they'll click it if they do, and because uh, they don't want anybody else to hear them talking. Okay. But but I I, I start pulling around because I'm I'm thinking they're going to want an immediate medevac, and the guy says, "You can come back and get us now." I say, "Okay, you take it fire. Everything's okay. Don't worry. Just come back and get us right where you dropped us." Okay, they come in, they settle, settle down, and the machine gunner's there, big guy with a big grin, and he jumps off. One of the riflemen comes in, one of the and then, then the fire team leader comes in, and he's got a deer around his neck. He had shot a deer, and they were taking some fresh meat back back to their buddies. Yeah, they are. That was. Uh, that was good. Another another time, um, this wasn't my mission, but it was when I was there. Uh, guys in, uh, were called to pull out a recon team who'd been out there for a day or two, and they weren't whispering, so it wasn't they weren't in duress. They said, just get us out of here, get us out of here real quick. What are you? And they put him out, got him on board, took off. So what was it? Since there were a bunch of monkeys, and they were throwing coconuts at us. And they were going to give away our position no matter what. But but we didn't want to get hit by in the head by coconuts. Fucking gorillas throwing coconuts at us. Damn communist monkeys. They were <laughs> Yeah, they're, they're absolutely they're worshippers of, of Uncle Ho. There's no question about it. Um most of the recon recon missions I was on were uh were pretty good. I uh I did take uh Pulled out one team my last day in Vietnam. And there were four guys back to back, essentially just putting out, out rounds. And I landed almost on top of them. They dove in and went out. And, uh, and I took a couple of rounds 
and uh, was losing oil pressure and and gaining oil temperature and said i'm gonna i'm gonna set yeah, down over over here at this we're near the mouth of the quaviet river which is really close to the dmz which is demilitarized zone right um and it was very close to the um the division of uh North Vietnam and South Vietnam, formerly separate nations, and uh, said, and there was a Vietnamese swift boat base there. So I sat down there. Co-pilot picks us up, takes us out, takes us out to the to the ship. Oh, we we're aboard ship again. We we're going ashore, coming ashore yeah. the following day, um, and there are about eight of us who are going to rotate home and pick us up. Everybody's okay. Take us out to the ship. They get us new airplanes. And I say, you you know something? I'm I'm going home tomorrow. I'm not really interested in in getting an emergency frag for an extraction of a recon team again. They said, don't worry, this is just ferrying an aircraft, but back to uh, to Dongha. I said, okay. okay. We've we've been feet wet for about oh a microsecond, <laughs> and the engine quits. Oh, and I just. Go in and go straight ahead. We've been feet for about a second. Yeah. Straight ahead. And I landed it, and I was within 50 yards of the aircraft that still was there that I had just abandoned. <laughs> so my last day, I didn't get shot down twice, but I, I went, I made unplanned off-airport landings twice. My last day in Vietnam. And then the next day, we got ferried ashore. The whole squadron was coming ashore at a different place in Dong Ha that day and there were eight of us who were going to rotate and we asked the duty officer how are we going to get home what's going to what's going on they said okay we've got some seats on an aircraft some seats on a convoy i'm gonna just wait give me another hour to straighten this thing out okay now this was when the h46s were really new in country at three or four months and it was experiencing terrible uncommanded maintenance problems the 46 would break in half oh at at midpoint and the, the torque That's... on the on the two two rotor heads would just rip it in half and they figured out what it was later on yeah. um it, 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 they, all 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 the brakes were at the same station at the same um it's the same airframe number on the yeah same distance back in the middle of the airframe where there was a seam in the in the uh, in the monocoque of the the fuselage um, okay. But none of us wanted to fly 46s. And an hour later, when the duty officer says, okay, we've got four seats on a 46 <laughs> go, go, going back up, actually two on each of two 46s flying back to Da Nang. And we've got four seats in an Arvin convoy that is driving down, going through High Fan Pass. Yeah. We, we we were fighting to get on the convoy. Yeah. I'll take the convoy. Uh, yeah, Thank you. That's right. Yeah. Um, but uh, I ended up getting on a 53, which were even newer in country, and they didn't dare do anything dangerous with the shitters. They they did. They yeah. were they were brand new. They wanted everything to be successful with them. So I got to ride in 53. And nice. it's the only time I ever rode in a 53. Is that right? Yeah. You know oh, how many times I've ridden a 46? Zero. Zero. Good right. Zero. There you go. Good like plan. That. Well, thank you folks for joining us on this week's episode of So There I Was. We hope you've enjoyed these great stories with Gunny today. And as we mentioned at the beginning of the show, 
This will be broken into two parts. So get ready for more incredible stories next week with Gunny. He'll be back to continue right where we left off. Before we part ways, I want to tell you about a gathering spot located on Main Street in Hanover, New Hampshire. That's Lou's Restaurant and Bakery. It's a place where Marines and other veterans come together every first Friday of the month for breakfast at 7 a.m. It's a hub of shared laughter, camaraderie, and unforgettable stories. The next get-together is Friday, June 2nd, 2023. One other thing before we head into the outro, you can now support us at sothereiwas.us slash Patreon. For about a buck a show, you can join the cool kids who help us cover the cost of bringing you this show every week. Well, the podcast will always remain free. We truly appreciate from the bottom of our hearts those of you that are able to step up and help us defray the costs of bringing these great stories to you every week. So until next week, we head into the outro. Well, a couple other thank yous we got to throw out there real quick. Uh, first and foremost, Fig, you remember who it is? Uh, some Dave guy. What was his name? Is it uh, Dave, my man, Hamilton? Thank you, Dave Hamilton. That's right. He's the one that gives us all the know-how and the expertise and helps put us up and online. And, and we're, uh, we're grateful to Dave for everything he's done for us. Thank you so much to our new sponsor, HelloFresh. Go to HelloFresh.com slash so there I was 16. And use code so there I was 16 for 16 free meals and free shipping with HelloFresh. It is America's number one meal kit. Very cool stuff. As we mentioned earlier in the show, we've also got a glossary page. Um, the glossary page is so there I was dot us slash glossary. We have a uh, subscribe page so there I was dot us slash subscribe. Follow us on Facebook so there I was dot us slash Facebook. Same thing on Twitter. Email us if you got questions. Reach out to sticks at so there I was dot us or fig or repeat r e p e t e at so there I was dot us. Keep doing what you've been doing all along. Please share, share, share this show with as many share friends the show. as you can. Share the show. It just isn't that hard. Tell a friend about it. <laughs> so there I was dot us slash subscribe will get you to the page you need to be at so you can listen to every show when it comes out. We try to come out Thursday mornings and. Um, I'm not sure. Fig, I think I'm hearing something in the background. What? You hear anything? You know what? Those are the Dos Gringos, oh. the two F-16 pilots that make the Air Force sound good. They do indeed. We're grateful <laughs> to them for coming on our show, for letting us use their music for our show. It's a, it's a wonderful set of music. Four albums, Dos Gringos. So thank you to them. So everybody else, in the meantime, stay safe. Check six. And we usually give this at the beginning of the show, but don't let go of the collective. <laughs> There I was, crossing the pond, and you could see that I wasn't exactly fond of all the shit I was wearing on that day. Now an F-16 is cramped enough, but it's even worse with all that stuff supposed to save your life. But we knew there was no way. Cause you're going down the North Atlantic, man, it's over. What's the song say, Fig? It's over. Yeah, 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 yeah. Whoa!